share what the Lord has been teaching me over the past couple of weeks in this passage. So, I'm going to start off by reading it, and then we'll pray, and then we'll dive right into it. Uh, so, Colossians 2, 9 through 12 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of principality and power. In whom also ye are circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sins, but of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, in the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So let's pray real quick and then we'll into it. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me, Lord, to uh, represent you in front of the well. Lord, I pray that. Um, they don't hear from me tonight. I pray that you open up your word and, and prepare the hearts of everybody here to um, just receive your word and, and to receive insight on how much you love us and, and the things that you've done for us, Lord. God, I do love you. Um, God, continue to allow the world to grow and, and prosper, and I pray that we can do great things for you, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. So, um, um, getting right into it. We see that um, following after what Vinny had, had talked about last week, right? We see that the Godhead is the first thing represented in, in verse 9. And so, as I began to study, I, I have heard of the Godhead, but I never really looked really deep into it. I, I just know um, that the Godhead was basically the Trinity. But the cool thing is, it's much more than that. It it represents the deity of Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. It also represents the divinity of God and the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. And so I was trying to find, you know, where where is the Godhead represented? Well, there's only a few places. And so I then began to think and, and meditate on where I could find you know, where, where is Christ represented through God or the Holy Spirit? And so if you look at John 10.30, it says, I and my Father are one. And I was like, well, I'm not very smart, but that's about as simple as it gets. <laughs> right? And so if you move on to 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit is of the Lord is, I'm sorry, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Man, that's awesome. Man, if we're residing in Christ, if Christ has, has indwelled us, right, there's liberty. We have His Spirit. And so I just thought it was interesting um, that we see the power, the divinity, and the deity of Jesus Christ starting off in this, in this section of Scripture. And so... Pardon me. So, um, moving on, there, there's three... Um, um, there's three beings, I guess, represented in the Godhead. And so I was moving on in, in my studies, and, and 1 John 5, 7 came, came by, and it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Man, so this is cool. We get to see the encapsulation of the Trinity through Christ. And so if we look at verse 10... Um, there, there's three ye are's in this, in this section. Um, and so the first ye are um, is ye are complete. And so verse 10 it says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Amen. And that's awesome. 
And you are complete. You are finished. Your salvation in Christ is finished. There's no more grace. There's no more mercy. There's no more bloodshed that's required. Christ did that for us, and, and he completed us at the day of salvation, whenever you gave your life to Christ. Man, that's so cool. Uh, it, but the, the other side of that is that work isn't finished here on earth, right? So, so we have a job to do as far as what the commandments of the Lord have been given to us are. And so if you're fully saved, like I said, there's no more grace, no more works, no more bloodshed that you can do to obtain favor from the Lord. But there's a process that must be followed in order to be presented as a perfect and holy believer in Christ before um, God Almighty. And so if you look at Colossians 4.12, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently for you in the prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And so, again, we see that there's work to be done, right? He was laboring fervently for them in prayer. But also we see a cool synonym of complete, which is perfect. And so throughout the Bible, complete and perfect usually go hand in hand. And so obviously the goal of being saved is to be like Christ, which is perfection, right? And so 1 Peter 5.10 shows us that. But God of all uh, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto this eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Amen. Oh, that's so cool. Like, God Almighty wants to make us perfect. He wants to establish us, which is the same thing as establish. He, want, he wants to ground us. He wants to strengthen us, right? And He wants to settle you. But the problem is, <laughs> right before that, it says, after ye have suffered a while. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care who you are. Like, that was awesome. It got me jacked. And then I started reading back, and I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's all right. <laughs> it's cool. Whatever, you know. Uh, but, so, so I, I, I began to, again, think, and, and, like, what is the Lord trying to show me through this? Like, there's work to be done. There's suffering but the outcome is perfection. It, it's establishment. It's strength. It's settling. So, so what does that look like? What does the suffering of this day look like for us as a believer? Right? It, and I think the Lord, and I think you'll see here in a second, that it's just the destruction of the flesh. That's all it can be. That, that's where our battle lies, is with, within our, ourselves. It's battling the flesh. And so, in verse 11, the next ye are, is ye are circumcised. And it says, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, thank God, we're not Jews, and we don't have to partake in that anymore. We're New Testament believers. But, the cool thing is, the Lord has given us awesome pictures to represent what this, what this means. And so in Genesis 17, 11, God is telling Abraham um, to do some things, and, and he's telling him some promises that he's, he's going to give him. In 17, 11, it says, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token 
of the covenant between, betwixt me and you. Man, that's awesome. Like, the Lord has given us a physical representation of the promise that he gives to Abraham to prosper it and to grow him and to give him a, a name that, that will carry more than stars, more than sand of the sea. And so, as God has promised the Jews, also, he's promised that to us as believers, that, that he won't turn away from us, that he, he wants to prosper you. He wants to give you good things. He wants to settle you. He wants to perfect you, right? So what's the reasoning? What, what is this really, what does it look like within the New Testament believer? Well, I think it begins in Deuteronomy 10, 16. It says, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Right? So, so it's not an outward, it's an outward picture that represents something that hap- happens within us. Right? It, it happens within your heart. It, it, it's just simply a picture. Right? And so, if you look farther now into the New Testament in Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And joints and mark. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So there it is. There, there's, there's the full picture that we've been looking for, right? It, and so the, the Lord told me through his word, right? Well, what happens when the capital W word enters into your heart? Right? There's a divide. There's a separation. The Lord's already told us, you know, there's going to be a little bit of suffering, but... There's also a promise at the end of that. And I believe that the word has told us that, you know, when, when Christ enters into your heart, there's a separation of your flesh. Your soul and spirit are now tethered to Christ, right? And you don't have to serve your flesh. Right. You don't have to serve the strongholds that you built up in your life anymore. Right? That's the whole reason Christ came, Amen. is to separate us from our flesh so that we can represent him and present ourselves as a, a perfect and holy person. Right? So, so we know that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We know that. So, but the goal is to enter the kingdom of God, right? So in order to enter the kingdom of God, we, we move a little bit farther down into verse 12. And we see that ye are called up. Now, now the passage says ye are risen. Um, but... You are called up. Looks the same. So, and it's just a point. <laughs> so, if we look at verse 12, um, it says, You are buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So, we saw Sunday, right, what it looks like to walk by faith, right? Anything done by sight is not faith. That, that's the contradictory of faith is sight. And so, how then are we risen with Christ if we're physically still here, right? Well, I don't really have time to go into it into detail, but look at Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 sometime. Mark that down. It, it's a really cool passage, and it, and it shows us that the Lord has already sat us in heavenly places. Yeah. Man, praise the Lord, right? Amen. That goes back to our first point. Our salvation is secure. There's nothing that this world can do to separate us from Christ. Right? So he sat us down in heavenly places, but still not physically, just spiritually. Right? And so, um, so we will get into this later, but looking ahead, 
And we see our focus is only supposed to be on the eternal things, the only things that matter, right? Which are the souls of men and the word of God. So in Colossians 3.1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of earth. Man, we clearly aren't risen yet, right? We're waiting for that faithful, faithful day. But we can be- begin to prepare, right? We can, we can start setting our affections on the things that Christ has affection towards, right? So, so what does that look like, okay? That, <laughs> that looks like sitting down and having a conversation with somebody, right? Right? Not avoiding that coworker that just gets on your stinking nerves, <laughs> right? And I'm speaking to myself as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it we just get distracted often with the things that the world has to offer. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we gotta open up this book and realize how terrible of a job we've done evangelizing. And reaching out and realizing, man, the Lord has completed us. The Lord's given us a reason to wake up every day and go to work. The Lord's given us a reason to get into his word every single day. Right? And so we have to focus on the real battle. The real battle isn't here on earth, right? Look at Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. We don't have any reason to get, up, get caught up in the affairs of this life. Man, Vinny, Vinny showed us that clearly last week. Right? We don't have time to listen to enticing words or the traditions of men. We only have time to worry about the souls of men Amen. when it comes down to it. Yeah. When it comes down to it, you have no other time but to deliver souls out of hell. That's it. So this entire book focuses on evangelism. So, when's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Man, I had to sit down for two weeks and think about that question. It's hard. Man, I don't want to look like a loser in front of my boss. But I also don't want to look like a loser in front of my boss when I'm in heaven watching him walk down to hell. Yeah. Right? Man, when's the last time you shared the gospel clearly with somebody? And if you haven't accepted the gospel, man, talk to us. Right? Christ came down to earth as a man. He encapsulated God the Father and the Holy Spirit as a man. Lived a perfect life and died on the cross for our sins. Man, if you haven't accepted that and made him the Lord of your life and let this book penetrate your heart, man, talk to one of us. Talk to me, please. That'd be, that's, that's the greatest gift I could ever have. <laughs> Forget Christmas. <laughs> and I want to see people get saved, right? Yeah. Man, it's time to realize that the end is near. It's time to realize that we can knock down strongholds in our life. The Lord set us free from our flesh. He's cut that away from us. It's time to realize that we need to let the Lord perform, perform the perfect work within us. To complete us. To see us spiritually grow in His Word and in, in service to Him. And it's also time to get to work before we get called out of here. Right? 
So I want to challenge you guys tonight. Man, this week, think of one person you can share the gospel with. Just one. And just see what happens. You know, Just make it an intention to, to share the gospel with one person. And if you haven't, if you haven't accepted the gospel, man, please, seriously, make it, make it a priority to talk to somebody about it that knows sound doctrine, that knows Christ for themselves. But also, I want to challenge you to get in the Word. Let it penetrate you. And, and start mortifying your flesh. And start completing the work that the Lord has for you in this life. So, I appreciate you listening. Um, I pray... I, I hope that the Lord has spoke to you through this. Um, he sure did me. He sure was convicting having to read this. So. I'll pray, and then I guess we can break up into groups. Yeah. Father God, thank you so much, Lord. Uh, God, you are powerful. You're amazing. Um, you're holy. and Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the wisdom that it shares with us that, you know, Lord, we, we can live for you. We, we can defeat the flesh, Lord, with your help. God, I pray that in this time with our groups, we, we can get motivated and hold each other accountable to sharing the gospel, sharing your love, sharing your grace with people, Lord. Standing out from the crowd. Um, Lord, I do love you. Um, please be with us this week. Um, bring us back Sunday to hear, hear more of your word and get deeper into it, Lord. I love you. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen.